welcome to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. You have a solo episode today for your first time here with us. And if you've listened before, welcome back. Thanks for being in the tribe. You guys are simply amazing. Best tribe ever. Speaking of that tribe, we do have our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook, a fun Facebook group to connect with all of the like-minded souls who listen to this show. So you can just search Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook and I'll add you and you can meet some friends from all around the world. I usually don't talk about the Facebook group until the outro, but it's such a fun place. I wanted to squeeze it in sooner today and it's a solo episode. So I'm probably just going to chit chat and go all over the place. We'll just see what comes out of my mouth. I'm sitting in my brand new apartment, the home that I moved into with Jonathan and Hudson. We moved in on Saturday. I'm recording this on a Monday. You guys will hear it on Wednesday. So this is all very recent, very relevant. And yeah, we moved in just a couple days ago. We hardly have any furniture yet. I haven't even moved my clothes over. I'm living out of a suitcase and I love it. I have dreamed of being a minimalist for a really long time. And I know I can't quite call myself a minimalist yet or at all, but I have been loving just not having my stuff here. We have just our essentials. We have a bed. We have some dressers. We have a refrigerator, of course, because the home came with it. And yeah, I just have like three outfits that I've been rotating on repeat and it feels really good, really nice. So I'm sitting here, light is flooding through the window. We have these pretty interesting acoustics in here where I hear myself echoing quite a bit. So I can't wait to hear how that sounds on the recording. Um, The topic of today's solo episode is going to be mostly about my Lyme diagnosis and what it's been like over the last five weeks to finally have a diagnosis for something that has been plaguing me for a decade. And I'll talk a little bit about the diagnosis process, some of the treatments I've been doing some frequently asked questions that I've gotten on social media about Lyme and holistic treatments and mold poisoning and mast cell activation syndrome, which is another issue that I'm dealing with right now. And I will also go into my health history. A lot of you have asked on Instagram and other various places about how long I've been sick, how long I feel like I've had these symptoms. And to tell you about that, I kind of have to give you a brief history of Jordan Younger. And I try to, I'll try to keep this part as brief as possible to get to the Lyme diagnosis. But I do think that my history with being a sick person my whole life 
has a lot to do with everything. So we'll talk about that and I'm excited to dive into it. And I'll tell you what's coming up in the next couple weeks. What we have coming up next week is a show with the fabulous Kelly Tennant. She's a really good friend of mine. She just started her own podcast called The Platform Podcast. And she is coming over spontaneously tomorrow to record. So I'm looking forward to that. And then a week from Kelly's episode will be Marianne DeMarco, the medium who changed my life. She was on an earlier episode of the show. I want to say it was episode 42 or something, but we will link to that in the show notes so that you can listen. If you're interested in mediums and psychics, she is the most by far detailed and talented and legitimate and on point medium I've ever spoken to. So I have a call with her on Thursday. We're going to do a little reading and we're going to record it for the podcast. So we have a fun few weeks of episodes coming up. After that, we have Donna James. She is the nutritionist. And I want to say, well, she's definitely a registered dietitian. She, Oh, is she a functional medicine doctor? I'm going to figure it all out. I'm friends with her. I'm not as familiar with all of her career wonderfulness. Um, But she wrote the book, The Archetype Diet, and I read it. I'm an ethereal type. And I knew we had to have her on the show to learn all about what the archetype diet is, how to eat for your specific archetype and more. So she's coming on the following week. So definitely subscribe to the show. If you haven't already, you can do that in the little iTunes app where you listen to your podcast. If that's where you're listening, I know some people listen on YouTube, Spotify, my website, other cool places. But if you're listening on iTunes, just hit that little subscribe button and you will get all those episodes that I just mentioned straight into your phone when they come out. So that's every Wednesday. And you can also email me a screenshot of that subscription to jordan at thebalancebond.com. And I'll send you my blogging tips and tricks document that I send to everybody who um, subscribes to the show and also who rates and reviews. So if you leave a rating and review while you're there, bonus points. I'll sign you up for a giveaway that we are doing with our sponsor this week, the fabulous Four Sigmatic which I will talk about for a couple minutes here before we dive into the episode. So Four Sigmatic is my top favorite brand of life, I would say. And something that you guys should know about the brands that I work with on this show, I only tell you guys about things that I use every single day that I am over the moon passionate about that I think everybody should be using that has added huge personal value to my health and to my life. So Four Sigmatic is right up there with everything that I take daily, like my supplements from my doctor, charcoal, which I'm obsessed with. Uh, That's what I take every single night these days. I have my little wellness toolbox of things that I go to. And Four Sigmatic is right up there really, really high. So what I love and what I drink pretty much every single morning and is one of the only items in our kitchen. 
that is quite empty right now, which is actually really nice to have so much open space, is the Four Sigmatic Chaga. And Chaga does not have caffeine. So that's good for those of us who are sensitive to caffeine. It has this dark roast type of flavor and coloring. So for people who love coffee, but don't love the way it makes them feel, I always suggest the first adaptogen that you go to is chaga. So chaga is a mushroom. It gives you a ton of energy, so much alertness. So it kind of just turns your brain on. And for those of us who suffer with Lyme and co-infections and mold poisoning and all that other crazy stuff, anything that we can take that makes us feel more alert is hugely positive. So that Four Sigmatic Chaga is pretty much my life. I like to use two packets in hot water and I also use hot almond milk in there. And then I blend it up with a Four Sigmatic frother, which you can also get on their website. And I just drink it warm. I also add cinnamon. Sometimes I blend in some coconut butter, which I've been getting lately from Cap Beauty. It's probably the most just organic, pure, tasty, incredible coconut butter out there. So I blend that all up and top it with some cinnamon and sip on it on my new balcony and my new rooftop Oh, that I'm so happy, so happy to have in this new space. And it gives me energy, makes me feel really alert. Also, Four Sigmatic has this incredible charcoal lemonade. And charcoal, if you didn't know, it binds to toxins in your body, draws them out of your body through your stool. So if you have toxins to get rid of, high levels of metals or toxicity of any kind, then this charcoal lemonade is a really delicious way to get those toxins out of your body. So for a great discount code, you can go to foursigmatic.com slash blonde or just use the code blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E at checkout. That will give you 15% off. And like I said, we have a little Four Sigmatic giveaway going on for people who subscribe to the podcast and rate and review. So send that screenshot of your rating, review, and subscription to Jordan at thebalanceblonde.com and I'll be choosing one winner by the end of this week to receive a Four Sigmatic giveaway. And I just thought of something else that I wanted to tell you guys. What's coming up on the podcast? I most certainly have been thinking of doing this for a while and I'm really excited to make it actually happen now that I'm hopefully starting to feel a tiny bit better and not be so sick and bound to my bed all the time. And that is a listener episode. So I really, really want to have one of you guys who listens to this show and feels that your life has been impacted by Soul on Fire. Maybe you met an incredible practitioner who is one of our guests, or maybe you just listen all the time and it brightens your day. I want to hear your story of how the podcast has impacted you, what your life is like, what you're up to. So definitely send your stories also to my email, jordanatthebalancebond.com. And I'm going to be choosing one of you to come on to our first ever listener episode. And there's a lot more where that came from. Eventually, I want to do one with like five 
probably five of you in the same show. So there will be multiple opportunities to come on as a listener, but I thought it would be fun to start with one and do a big giveaway for it. So go over, send me that email with your story. I'll be choosing somebody to come on and it'll be a fun conversation. So we do have a lot of fun things coming up. I'm pretty excited about it. And let's just kind of dive into talking about what this episode is all about today, which is my Lyme disease diagnosis and kind of how that all came to be. So it's pretty crazy. If I were to start from the very beginning, I would be going back to my childhood. But to save you the whole entire life story, I'll just sum up the earlier part of my life by saying that I was one of those children who was born sick, as my parents would say. And I know that's kind of common for a lot of us who have really sensitive systems. I was born with colic and projectile vomiting every single meal, formula, milk, whatever it was that I was being fed as an infant, um, projectile vomiting it onto everything around me, my dad's clothes, the wall, my mom, my nanny, Every single time that I ate food up until I was, I don't know, two years old. So my mom was perpetually worried about me. My dad, who had raised three kids already and was kind of unfazed by my sensitivity in many ways. My dad would always calm her down and tell her it was fine. It was normal. Nothing to be too afraid of. That's what the doctors told her too. And I'm sure colic and sensitive tummies and babies are common. That's true. But I do have to think that these issues, they go all the way back to my infancy. So there's something to be said about genetics and being born with a sensitive system for some of us. So that's how I was as a baby. And before that, I or before that, before that, I wasn't born yet. I was maybe a different soul on a different planet or in a different body. But after that, which is what I meant to say, I had a great childhood. I went to a pre-K through 12 school called Country Day. Uh, I went there for my whole entire life. And I had kind of one of those idyllic childhoods. And I feel very lucky. Um, Most of my friends from kindergarten onward are still my best friends to this day. And life was really good. It was always shadowed by the fact that I was constantly sick. And when I was in third grade, I got pneumonia and whooping cough. And this is crazy because whooping cough, people think of humans having whooping cough in the 19th century. And that's true. We have vaccinations for whooping cough now, but it's still possible to get a whooping cough vaccine and still catch whooping cough, especially if you have a really sensitive system and maybe a weak immune system. So when when I was in third grade, My classroom was infested by mold and nine kids in my class got pneumonia. And I, like I said, not only caught pneumonia, but I also caught whooping cough. And I was sick for a year 
And I was out of school for, I want to say, three months. And then going to school for half days for probably six more months after that. So that's a whole school year, basically all of third grade. I had my amazing teacher, Miss Neff, um, who I love to this day, come over and bring my homework to my house and kind of teach me at home. And I had friends who would come tell me what we had learned in school. And when you're in third grade, that kind of cuts it. So I was really lucky. But I was really sick. And looking back, I didn't realize how sick I was when you're a child and you have a life-threatening illness, you don't know that your life is at risk. You don't know how afraid your parents are or your doctors because no one wants to scare you. And you, of course, don't really think the worst because why would you? So I didn't know that my poor mother spent that whole entire year laying on the ground with her legs up the wall, which is what she does to prevent panic attacks. Um, Because I would have these coughing attacks in the middle of the night where I wouldn't be able to breathe. And then my dad would take me outside and he would pound on my back, like completely punch my back until I threw up. And then I was able to breathe again. And I would have just this crazy amount of phlegm in my chest. And my best friend when I was young, Kayla, would call it the wall, Um, this wall of phlegm and whatever else was in my chest blocking me from being able to breathe. And that was because of whooping cough. That's what whooping cough is. And yeah, I didn't know that being outside in the cold air and my dad pounding on my back was actually saving my life every time one of these episodes would happen, which was... I don't know, as often as maybe every night for a while. And I got used to one of my parents sleeping with me every night. And that's such a funny thing for a kid in third grade because I had gone my whole childhood without without my parents sleeping in bed with me. I wasn't one of those kids who got into bed with my parents like in the middle of the night or anything. Um, but I got so used to them sleeping with me that for years afterward, I think probably until I was in high school, I would beg my mom or dad to sleep with me at least once a week um, because I was so used to it and so used to that comfort of having them close. So every night while I was sick in third grade, either my mom or my dad would sleep in bed with me I would spend the whole day in bed doing puzzles (laughs) and reading. And um, my mom would just sit on my floor doing this huge, crazy puzzle, which she did for a really long time. I'll always remember. Um, And going to the doctor's office all the time. And eventually I, I healed. And by the time I was in fourth grade, I was still kind of sick. I see photos of myself from that time. I was as pale as a piece of white paper from a printer. I was so pale, um, didn't look healthy. I lost like 10 pounds. And when you're a kid, like nine years old, maybe only 80 pounds to begin with, um, losing 10 pounds is a lot. And it's so hilarious looking back because when you're a kid like that, 
weight doesn't even cross your mind. I had no idea that I had lost so much weight. The only thing I remember is that I was eating all the time. I was starving all the time. And my food of choice was um, toasted tuna sandwiches with cheese and ruffles with ranch dip. And my dad would make those for me and serve it on a platter that I would eat in my bed (laughs) because I never got out of bed at that time because I was so sick. And I would just eat and eat and eat all the time. And my mom said, if I wasn't eating so much, I would have lost so much more weight. And it was really a blessing that I had an appetite. And even though I threw everything up, I was at least eating, getting nourishment in my body. And, um, staying somewhat healthy looking because of it. So basically fast forward to high school and I was still having just tons of stomach problems, was allergic or so I felt to everything, started going to every doctor under the sun, was diagnosed with ADHD and IBS and um, a hiatal hernia which is something that kind of prevents digestion from happening really well. Food allergies, gluten intolerance, but not celiac. Although I was dying to be diagnosed with celiac because I felt like it would, it would be the answer to the pain that I was in every time I ate food. But I knew that I was gluten intolerant. So I stopped eating gluten way back in like 2002 So you can imagine how not trendy that was and how in Sacramento, California, there was absolutely no gluten-free options or bread or restaurant options or anything. So I kind of fell into the gluten-free life very early on and it helped. And then I tried a lot of other things. I went vegetarian. I went dairy-free. And the blessing here is that I started eating a really healthy diet at a really young age and became really interested in wellness and passionate about eating healthy because I knew that this was something that alleviated my stomach problems and made me feel a lot better. And I was probably one of the youngest people ever to start getting colonoscopies and endoscopies where they stick a camera into your colon or down your throat, which of course you have to be under anesthesia for to check out my colon and my esophagus to see what was going on, if I had any ulcers or anything. And I didn't. Everything was always crystal clear. So that was good news, but it was also frustrating because here I was, this high school kid who was in so much pain all the time and nobody could tell me what was wrong ever. Every doctor was just kind of like, well, you're fine. You might have some food sensitivities, but you're as healthy as can be. You have the healthiest colon we've ever seen (laughs) because you're so young. And yeah, like I said, I was diagnosed with other things like ADHD and started taking Adderall when I was like 14 and took Adderall every single day for many, many, many years. And I'll get into that in a minute. And it's crazy now because looking back and knowing what many Lyme symptoms are, like brain fog, 
inability to focus, having a lot of trouble paying attention in school, having trouble retaining information in school. That all goes back to neurological Lyme disease. And I'm pretty sure I might have never had attention deficit hyperactivity disorder at all. And this is a question that I'll be wrestling with for a really long time, if not forever, because I don't know if I caught Lyme when I was in high school or middle school or childhood or afterward. So it's really hard to say, but these are a lot of questions that that I'm grappling with now and looking back, asking myself what was related to Lyme and what wasn't. And does Lyme, is Lyme the answer to all these health questions that I had my whole life? Or is Lyme just something else on top of all those other things? So that's kind of just a little aside um, to keep chronologically going. I then went to college and at this time I kind of let loose. I was drinking a ton of alcohol. I also drank a ton of alcohol in high school. I was a very, very wild high schooler. And I'm glad I was because I got a ton of partying out of my system. And now as a 27-year-old, I have pretty much no interest in partying or alcohol at all. Um, In high school, I went out every single weekend really, really, really hard. We would have parties at my friend's grandma's house, my friend Danielle, bestie, still one of my best friends in the whole world. Yeah. And we would take like 12 shots a night and we tried a lot of different drugs and just did all the wild things. And then in college, did the same thing for the first couple of years of college, although I would say I wasn't as wild as I was in high school. But because I was drinking so much and having all these late nights, I would come home to my dorm room at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. with some of my friends and we would just eat drunk, drunk, eat constantly like um, tortilla chips and queso. And we would have um, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the middle of the night. I would have grits with craft cheese in the microwave. Let's just say this was not a gluten-free, dairy-free or vegetarian season of my life. And as a result of this, my stomach problems got a lot worse. And I was constantly asking myself, what the hell is wrong with me? And I was still seeing a ton of doctors and seeing a therapist, a psychiatrist, actually, not only to talk my problems out, but also be prescribed medication the various issues I was having with focus and anxiety and insomnia and a little bit of depression, which was brought on by the relationship that I was in, which I talked about in my first solo episode about trauma. So my psychiatrist was this amazing doctor who later became a holistic integrative doctor and started a holistic institute, which is how I got into Ayurveda and a lot of different holistic things that I've tried now. So I'm very grateful for him, but my body and my brain and everything were kind of falling apart at this time when I was in college. So I was on so many different prescription medications like Adderall, 
I was taking birth control. I took Seasonique, which is like the kind that nobody should take where you only get your period three times a year. And I thought that this was great at the time. Like, oh yeah, who wants to deal with bleeding every month? So I took Seasonique every single day, of course. And who knows what that was doing to my hormones, raising my estrogen levels, probably growing the fibroid that I now have. I took Trazodone to sleep. And that is a very, very heavy sleeping medication. And I took so much of it. I don't remember the amount of milligrams that I was prescribed, but I know that I was advised to take up to three or four pills of trazodone every night to fall asleep. And if I did this too early, like before I brushed my teeth and took a shower and all that, I would completely faint in my bathroom. I one time fainted my sophomore year. I wouldn't even call it fainting. It was more of like, I took a hot shower. I had a bunch of trazodone in my system. I was super hungover from a crazy long weekend. And I got so lightheaded and nauseous and kind of like fell to the floor in my shower. And my roommate, Jillian, still one of my best friends, she heard me kind of like crash to the ground. And I think I kind of called for help. I was totally blacked out from the medication and everything else. And she had to basically carry me to my bed. She's like half as tiny as me. She's the tiniest person. (laughs) Carried me to my bed, called my mom. And my mom was so worried, but I I was asleep by the time Jillian put me in my bed. And trazodone is just some very serious, heavy stuff. And I'm so glad that I don't take it anymore. That's something that I took to sleep because my insomnia was so bad that if I didn't take it, I would be awake for days and weeks on end. And especially my sophomore year, I just didn't sleep. I was always up. I would do all of my schoolwork in the middle of the night and just be on this strung out high all the time. It was awful. And I also took Celexa for anxiety and a handful of other things that I don't even remember from my psychiatrist for different forms of anxiety and insomnia and a little bit of depression and just some other things that were going on. So I was totally just not in a good headspace. And my body was getting tons of toxins put into it all the time, tons of chemicals from all this different medication. And oh yeah, I would take Xanax as well, which was not even prescribed to me, but I had ways of getting it and would take Xanax. That was really the only thing that put me to sleep, especially because I was kind of afraid to take Trazodone after some of those experiences that I had with the fainting and other issues. So I started to take Xanax to sleep. And then I would also take Xanax just to function because I was such a of anxiety and always in so much stomach pain and joint pain. I didn't even mention the joint pain that I started experiencing in high school where my back would hurt so bad that I couldn't sit down, couldn't do anything. So I started doing yoga, which helped a ton. And by this time in college, I was just in a lot of pain from food. My body was in pain. I wasn't sleeping, tons of medications, et cetera. 
And then jumping ahead to the time that I turned, by the time that I was 21 and I was a senior in college, I kind of had this huge wellness awakening where I was no longer interested in taking all my medications. I was no longer interested in drinking and staying out late. And I was also no longer interested in eating unhealthy food. And I think this kind of came about because of a huge traumatic event that happened my senior year where my boyfriend cheated on me right in front of me at my sorority formal. And so every single person we knew saw this happen and it was it was just awful. It was awful to go through. I thought I was going to marry this person. I considered moving to London with him after we graduated. We had been together for a year and a half and blessing in disguise because I'm so glad that we are not together now. My life instantly changed for the better when we broke up. But yeah, one day I'll have to tell this whole cheating story because it was pretty wild, but it was right in front of me. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. He's, he's ridiculous. I have forgiven him now, of course, because I don't ever want my heart to hold on to such negativity. But at the time it was just life shattering, life altering. And that is when I went vegan and kind of put all of my attention and energy on myself rather than into a relationship or into other people. I had just started focusing on myself. And this was this huge spreading my wings time for me and awakening. And I just became so passionate about health, kind of the way that I was when I was younger, back before I started drinking and everything when I was really interested in health and wellness when I was in high school. So this was a huge then new thing again for me when I was 21. Um, I cut out all non-vegan foods. I started juicing. I discovered at the time there was like one juice bar um, in on the west side of LA, which was creation. Now there's creations everywhere and there's juice bars on every single corner. Um, but I started going to creation all the time working at a yoga studio. I finished my 200 hour yoga training, which was like a gift to myself that I did when I was in college. So I was already shifting over toward the Jordan that you guys now know, um, just healthy, obsessed with wellness, yoga, all of those things. And I started cooking all the time, healthy veggies and I had my own mini fridge in my house that I lived in with six girls that I would just pack full of fruits and vegetables. And then very shortly thereafter, just six months later, I started my blog, The Blonde Vegan, which is now The Balanced Blonde. And this was just such a great time for me. Um, Health-wise, it was the best I ever felt. My inflammation completely went down. I lost a ton of weight. I also lost bloat from not drinking anymore and started on this healthier schedule of going to sleep earlier, waking up earlier, lots of yoga, lots of healthy exercise, but wasn't overdoing it on the exercise and everything was really good. And this was probably the healthiest I ever felt in my life. Didn't really have stomach issues, thought veganism was the answer to my stomach problems that I had had for my whole life. 
And then once I started my blog and moved to New York, the symptoms of stomach problems started coming back. And I, of course, was so devastated because I thought I had found this cure-all for my health and for my stomach issues, which was being vegan. But I didn't. And that was really disheartening because I still had to deal with all of these different health problems. And I just got at that time like pretty overwhelmed. And that's when I started restricting my food and over-exercising. And when I really became orthorexic, which is what I wrote my first book about, Breaking Vegan, if you're interested in learning more about my orthorexia journey, we can put the link to Breaking Vegan in the show notes. But this is when my health really started to go downhill, not only because I was restricting my food, which is of course not healthy for anyone to do. But when I look back on this time in my life, I realized that I was restricting my food for mostly for the reason of just not wanting to feel like crap anymore. And I had felt sick for so many years in my life. Now that you guys know the whole backstory, you know that it was truly my whole life. So at this time I was 22 and this was 22 straight years of food not agreeing with me. And I noticed the one thing that would help me was eating less and not packing my system with a lot of food at once. So I would kind of just eat as minimally as possible, which did mean cutting calories and cutting my food intake. And this got to a really unhealthy point. I was juice cleansing constantly. I discovered the world of juice cleanses and became obsessed with it. (laughs) Fell in love with it for unhealthy reasons at that time. But really this was all because I felt so sick all the time and I was just trying everything in my power to deal with it and to feel better. So when I look back, I have so much compassion for that girl with orthorexia who I wrote the book about because um, I don't think that my orthorexia really came from a lot of the reasons that I thought it did prior. I've been looking back now that I know what I have and what I've been dealing with for all these years. And I realized that I, I didn't, I I I was dealing with so much more than what I thought I was. And I was dealing with these Lyme bugs and potentially at the time mold poisoning too, taking over my body and eating all my nutrients and messing with my stomach and making me incredibly nauseous when I would eat food and incredibly bloated. And the one thing that I found that helped me was just not eating very much. And I know that that's not a healthy choice that I made. But as I read all these different stories of people with Lyme, and I've read three memoirs now back to back to back, which are Ali Hilfiger's memoir, Yolanda Hadid's memoir, and Porochista Kakpur. I, I hope and think that that's how you say her name, her memoir called Sick. And all three of these women were not able to eat for a while because of their Lyme for years for some of them. And I now realize that I was not alone in intuitively stepping back from food because food was consistently failing me 
and I was nauseous 100% of the time. So I have kind of started toying with this idea in my head that my orthorexia is something different than I ever thought it was. And I'm not saying that I never had an eating disorder because I certainly did. And if you read my book, then you would agree with me. (laughs) That was full-blown eating disorder behavior that I displayed. But now that I know the root of it, I wouldn't classify it in the same way as an eating disorder that is about anything other than really just a very sick girl trying everything in her power to not feel so sick. And it was one thing that I had that I found that alleviated some of my symptoms and made my life more manageable. And over time, that was not a long-term solution as I learned, but um, it was later when I stopped being vegan, when I was 23, 24, 24 in 2014, that was when things got really, really bad. And I'll get into that and then I'll make, I'll make it brief because I do want to get to the Lyme diagnosis, but I'm really enjoying giving you guys the whole backstory. And I'm hoping that everybody listening is interested too, because this is something that I have been saying that I would share for a really long time, but I've never really put all into one place. So before I tell you how it got worse, and then tell you about my Lyme diagnosis. I wanted to tell you about our second sponsor for the show today, Daily Harvest. You may have seen Daily Harvest on my Instagram because I've been drinking their smoothies so much, especially in this move. But Daily Harvest, just to tell you all about them, delivers step-by-step frozen plant-based eats straight to your door with your choice of smoothies, savory harvest bowls, soups, functional lattes, which are delicious. I've had a lot of those lately, overnight oats and more. So they make everything really easy, especially if you're a busy on the go person or you're in the middle of the move like myself. And what I really love about them, not only are their smoothies delicious, they have some of my favorite combinations like banana and cacao and mint and lots of different green smoothie options. They have this delicious um, coffee and tahini blend. That's one of their functional lattes that's so good, but also it's a subscription service and that always makes life really easy because you just subscribe. You get a certain amount per week or per month, however you choose to sign up, which is amazing. They offer perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. You keep it in the freezer until you're ready to eat it. And it takes literally one step to prepare. You just dump it into your blender. You add water or your favorite nut milk, and then you just blend, heat, or soak it, depending on whether it's a soup or a smoothie. I love, like I said, that minty cacao smoothie. It's been so delicious. And one thing you might be thinking because it's frozen and you keep it in your freezer is that it might not be as fresh as possible. But what Daily Harvest does quite differently than other competitive brands is that they work directly with the farmers. And so they pick the fruit when it's at its complete ripest and they freeze it then. So it's always guaranteed to be really fresh, which also means it's full of the most nutrients and antioxidants and 
makes it the most delicious as well. So to get your own, go to daily-harvest.com and enter the promo code SOUL, that's S-O-U-L, to get three cups free in your first box. That is promo code SOUL, S-O-U-L, for three free Daily Harvest cups. That is such a good deal, you guys, at daily-harvest.com daily-harvest.com with the code soul. So thank you for listening to that Daily Harvest sponsorship. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it is so fun to have all my favorite brands sponsoring the show because then I just get to talk about things that I love and use constantly and share discount codes with you guys. So I know it makes it worth your while. Um, okay. So to dive back into the story, just to briefly tell you what it was like when I started eating a bunch of foods again and wasn't vegan anymore, I then fell into probably the most unhealthy slump of my life. And that doesn't mean that I wasn't eating healthy. I was totally eating as healthy as I possibly thought that I could from my body and was seeing all sorts of different doctors, functional medicine, nutritionists, therapists, Ayurvedic doctors, everything under the sun. Um, But I was just feeling sicker than life, gaining a ton of weight. My skin went haywire and I just became as basically unhealthy as I've ever been or felt. My stomach problems got 10,000 times worse. And for a while, I thought this was because I started incorporating foods back into my diet that were not vegan. So I hadn't had them for many years. And I thought that I just incorporated everything way too fast. So different poultry and fish and meat kind of all came back into my life in great abundance. And I was seeing a few nutritionists and doctors who were really big on the paleo ketogenic wagon and they wanted me to eat a ton of protein and no carbs and swore that that would make me feel better. So I was listening to them, instilling a lot of trust in them, hoping that that would then be the next answer to all of my new problems. I was dealing with everything from what I thought was a stomach ulcer and tons of parasites in my stomach, which were making me feel and look like I was nine months pregnant half the time to the most awful acne on my face, cystic acne all over my chin and the sides of my cheeks. And I had had pretty much crystal clear skin my whole life until this point. And then um, just so many food intolerances. I was nauseous constantly. I had acid reflux. I was throwing up so many things that I was eating or it was just coming up and just sitting in my throat like that awful acid reflux feeling. I started seeing my functional medicine doctor, Dr. Lekos. He gave me tons of supplements. We did blood tests. We found a lot of different food intolerances and lots of different hormone imbalances and nutrient deficiencies. So I thought that if I just balanced my hormones back out and got my nutrients back on track with all my supplements, then I would start to feel better. And I will say for a little while, this got me feeling a little bit better. My life was manageable. This went on for several years. 
it's been four years now since I stopped being vegan and then started being vegan again. Um, so basically four years of my health just going up and down, feeling really sick at times, feeling more manageable at times, gaining all this weight, um, attributing it to messing up my hormones when I was vegan and restricting my food and just so confused about where I had gone so wrong because um, I just didn't feel like I was in my body anymore with all of this extra weight and my hormonal acne. And then I started getting this insane fatigue all the time. And then that brings me to this year when I eventually woke up on January 1st and was covered in hives and eczema from the crown of my head to the tips of my toes. You couldn't even see my skin because my eczema was so bad. And this is when I knew that my health issues had gone from bad to worse. And I now had totally just obscure next level problems that were not going away. So for the first several months of feeling this way. I was telling myself, I have got to have food allergies. I've got to have environmental allergies. Maybe I'm having a horrible reaction to stress, or maybe I'm all of a sudden allergic to my apartment, or maybe I'm now allergic to Hudson, my cat. And my mind went through everything under the sun, not to mention I was getting hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of recommendations online from so many of you who listen to the podcast and read my blog. And I got tons of wonderful referrals and recommendations, but I just didn't know what my answers were. And I would see dermatologists and they told me it was just eczema. And I would see, I saw my functional medicine doctor and multiple functional medicine doctors, some of whom you guys have even heard on this podcast, Dr. Frank Lippman being one of them. And he's wonderful. And all these functional medicine doctors just told me it was something in my gut. And so I believed that and started taking all these different gut health supplements and things that I was hoping would remedy maybe the parasites that I was dealing with because I knew that I had parasites in my stomach. I was working with my Ayurvedic doctor, Marta at Surya Spa, and she was concerned about how bad my parasites were. They started coming out in my stools. I knew we were doing something right. We were detoxing my body from the parasites with all the Ayurvedic herbs. But still, fast forward all the way to April and May, and my rash was still out of control. And by the time that I was in Bali on my solo trip, my rash was just covering my neck and, and my chest in a way that made me look like I was constantly getting strangled. And I felt like I was getting strangled. And the really weird thing about my rash on my neck is that it's like perfectly symmetrical on two sides. It looks like two kind of huge rectangles of just this disgustingly red, scaly, itchy, oozing rash. And that one I've had for pretty much now, like 10 months. And some days it gets a little better. Some days it gets a lot worse. Today is one of those days where it's just really bad, really scaly, just awful. Um, so itchy, keeps me up all night. And 
even last night, I was up all night with my rashes and John, my rashes being so itchy. Jonathan makes me these ice packs or he usually just gives me an ice pack from the freezer. But now that we've moved and we have nothing, he made me an ice pack of just ice wrapped in a trash bag that I was like using all night last night. It's the only reason why I was eventually able to fall asleep because um, the rashes still persist. And during this time, back earlier this year, my friend Celeste texted me and said um, that she had met this tick-borne disease specialist, Dr. Erica Lehman, who was a Lyme doctor pretty much and said that Dr. Lehman was talking to Celeste at some sort of event or wherever they met and said that women and, and men, but lots of women come to her with all of these seemingly unrelated health issues like fibroids and cysts sometimes on their ovaries and debilitating eczema, debilitating chronic fatigue, nausea, anxiety, and they don't know what's wrong with them. And what they usually have is Lyme disease. And Celeste, of course, heard all of this and she's like, wow, that sounds identical to my friend Jordan. This is so crazy. So she texted me and said, it would be really worth seeing this doctor. Dr. Lehman, it sounds like you might have Lyme disease and I don't want to scare you, but it really sounds like all of your symptoms. So she had sent me this way back in January, but I, at that time, was so caught up with thinking, I already have several doctors. I have so, I have so many professionals kind of looking at my health from all angles right now. I don't know if I can introduce another one and anyone who has sickness or chronic illness of any kind will relate to this. It's just so overwhelming to add another doctor into your life, into your routine. It's scary, especially when you have a history of nobody being able to tell what's wrong with you, which is so frustrating and terrifying all at once. Um, so as much as this sounded promising, I also wasn't jumping at the bit to see a new doctor and spend thousands or tens of thousands on new testing when I was already being tested for so many other things. Um, but I always kept it in the back of my mind and I was so grateful for the recommendation. And it kind of did send off this red flag in my mind of, I guess, subconsciously, but instantly thinking, okay, this is what I have. I think I have Lyme and that would make so much sense. And I've known some people in my life who have Lyme disease and it makes sense that I am now feeling exactly the way that they felt when they were at their worst. And coupled with the rashes this whole year, I've had this debilitating fatigue that has just ruined my life in so many ways. And I thought it was because of the rashes keeping me up all the time. So I had constant insomnia. But now I realize it was also because the chronic fatigue was so real. And no matter how much I slept or didn't sleep, I was constantly unable to get out of bed and my hormones were all out of whack and my nutrient levels. So finally, before I went to Bali, I realized I have a really big issue that needs a lot of help and I need to see a new doctor and I need a fresh perspective and I need someone to diagnose me with what I now know that I have, which is Lyme disease. 
And I knew in my heart, because I started researching it like crazy by like March and April and made an appointment with Dr. Lehman, got my appointment for right after I got back from Bali. I saw her and she explained to me how all my symptoms were identical to Lyme disease and toxic mold poisoning, also called mycotoxin illness, also called mold illness, also called uh, ochratoxin. And that's one of the worst ones that I ended up having. You can kind of hear about mold illness in all different types of ways and by all different types of titles. So I did a ton of testing with Dr. Lehman. I did 30 vials of blood. I also gave six vials of blood at her office. I did a stool test. Well, I did three stool tests. I did one for parasites. I did one for um, just to check out everything in my gut, see what all the different levels of bacteria were and how the good bacteria compared to the bad bacteria. And I did a week's worth of urine samples, which kind of tracks your urine over a 24-hour period so that you can see what the levels of mold are and if if you have mold and all sorts of other things. Um, Then I did other urine samples for other things. We did all the Lyme disease testing with the, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but I believe it's called the immunoblot. So there's the Western blot, which of course is very outdated, but that's what's recognized here in the US by the Center for Disease Control um, as something, whether to say people have Lyme disease or not, whether their Western blot meets the amount of Lyme titers that you would have in your blood to make you positive for Lyme. Um, So I did the immunoblot. I believe that's what it was. We did two different tests, kind of like some of the most state-of-the-art and newest and most widely recognized by the Lyme literate community at this time. Um, And that's something I learned about. If you think that you have Lyme, you want to see a Lyme literate doctor for your testing. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. You'll probably be given one of those outdated tests, potentially misdiagnosed. So many people get misdiagnosed, unfortunately, when they have Lyme. And Although I was never misdiagnosed as saying that it was negative when it was positive, I was never even tested, which I don't know which is worse. I'm glad I was never misdiagnosed, but I am so upset that every doctor in my whole entire life never thought that maybe my symptoms mimicked those symptoms of Lyme and that I should get tested for Lyme. So that is just this frustrating battle that I have in my mind all the time now of this really could have been caught sooner in this crazy frustration. <sighs> but anyways, going back to going back to the testing that I did, I sent off all those labs before I went and did my water fast in Northern California where I was for the whole month of June. Wait, no, I was there for the whole month of May. See, this Lyme brain thing is so real, which I will also get into. But um. I was doing the water fast for all of May. And then while I was there, I met quite a few people who were suffering from Lyme disease. I met my now good friend, Ava, who 
is suffering from late stage neurological Lyme. And her and her mom are huge advocates for Lyme. Her mom, Kim, was there with her also at True North Water Fasting Center. And I met some other people who had had Lyme when they were younger and it was flaring back up. And a lot of these people were at True North because some of the most amazing cutting edge doctors are there working at True North and doing water fasting and salt, oil, sugar-free plant-based diet is so good for inflammation. And people who are further along in their recovery from Lyme, it's a really good idea for many of us, not everybody, I can't speak for everyone, but to do a water fast because it reduces so much inflammation, kills so many toxins, makes your body an environment where disease can just simply not exist. So I talked a lot with Ava and her mom, Kim, about Lyme, and they were telling me, you look like you have Lyme. You look just like Ava. You're so fair-skinned, which, you know, is the nice way of saying, like, you're pale in an unhealthy kind of way. Your skin should be beautiful, uh, but it's riddled with acne and... You just have, you know, those like sunken in sick eyes and and the dark circles under your eyes and these hormone imbalances and even just your demeanor, like you're sick. And um, they said this with so much love. And I was just like, I know, I cannot wait to get back to LA and meet with my Lyme doctor and see what's going on. So I come back to LA. I have my follow-up appointment with Dr. Lehman to go over all my tests. My mom came down to come with me. Thank goodness, because I have no idea how I ever would have gone through that process by myself, sitting there in the doctor's office and then having to relay all of this to my mom afterwards. I just can't even imagine, especially because my mom and I are so ridiculously close. To So to have her there witnessing and hearing how bad it's really been for me and how much pain I've truly been in and how it's not all been in my head and just everything. It was, it was the best feeling in the world to have her in there with me. So I was still having all these fears in the waiting room. Like they're not going to find anything wrong with me. She's just going to tell me I have parasites or a gut dysbiosis or whatever it is, which, you know, is really serious in itself. But I know that it's so much deeper what I'm going through and I really, really need to know what my issues are. I need to know or else I will go absolutely crazy. And so I was freaking out just having like this full-blown panic in the waiting room. And my mom was like, trust me, she will find something. We will have answers. And she was right. So we went back into Dr. Lehman's office and... um she slowly and meticulously went through every single one of my tests. So there were how many folders of test results, like 10 different folders full of packets. And first we went through all of the gut stuff and all of the issues with my gut were very serious. I had a very, very aggressive and serious parasite that showed up in both of the stool tests or all three of the stool tests. Basically, before we even got to anything else, Dr. Lehman said, if parasites were your only issue, if this parasite was your only issue, you would still be miserable and feel so sick and fatigued all the time. 
So if this was your only issue, you have every right to feel like shit constantly, which was so validating and exciting because it's something that you can get rid of. Um, and it's real. The way I've been feeling is so real and not just in my head, which all of us chronically ill people have to deal with too, is like so many people thinking that our illness is in our head. We even start questioning, or at least I do, am I crazy? Am I manifesting all of this mentally? Because I'm so used to identifying as being a sick person. So to learn about the parasites was very eye-opening. And then we looked at the gut bacteria. We saw that my bad bacteria in my gut was outweighing the good bacteria very much. So not really able to break down food. I had very high levels of fat in my stool and also very high levels of fat in my blood, which means that my body hasn't been able to absorb fat or break it down. So all the gut stuff was was there. We did um, a food intolerance test and allergy test. And of course, the only thing that showed up was coffee. So coffee, so sad. Haven't had you in my life for a while. I miss you coffee. You're the best, but I do like not being inflamed. So I haven't had coffee in a while ever since I got these results and even earlier. And then I was happy that other foods didn't show up on the food intolerance test. Like I can eat any fruit that I want, basically any vegetable that I want other than nightshades because they are inflammatory. And then, um, we're still flipping through. I'm sitting there thinking, please get to the Lyme results. I need to know if I have Lyme disease or not. I mean, all these other things are fascinating and eye-opening, but I need to know about the Lyme results. Of course, those were last, but spoiler alert, as you know, now they were positive. We then went through my hormones and my um, nutrient profile. My hormones were so out of whack. I had no testosterone whatsoever, which is an absolutely crucial hormone for having energy, for getting out of bed in the morning, for feeling okay at all, for feeling just not ill. I mean, oh my God, having no testosterone is awful. And people think testosterone is only for males but females who don't have testosterone are really going through the ringer as well. So I had no testosterone. Um, other hormones were kind of all out of whack, different things. My pregnenolone, which regulates your endocrine system, was very, very, very low. And then when it came to my vitamins and nutrients, those I had so many just incredibly low vitamins like vitamin D, vitamin B12, iron, ferritin, so many other things. I have notes in my phone because I had to start taking notes of everything she was saying because it was so much information. Then she got to the diagnosis of mast cell activation syndrome, also known as MCAS, which is a basically a histamine disorder where your body fires off histamine and other chemicals back into itself just inappropriately and disproportionately all the time. So even if you're living a totally non-toxic lifestyle, not consuming food with chemicals, not going around things that you're allergic to, your body will still 
be producing all of this excess histamine, which causes rashes, inflammation, gut health issues, insomnia, so many other things. It can also become a neurological disorder, which is awful when it gets to its late stages. So MCAS was a huge reason for the rashes that I was having, that I still have. Then she got to the mold poisoning part of the uh, results. And I had just such high levels of mold toxicity in my urine and in my blood. Specifically, I had okra toxin, which is the absolute just, I don't want to say the worst form of mold because I don't really think any are worse than the other. But if you have high levels of okra toxin for long periods of time in your body, that can later in life cause cancer and Alzheimer's and is extremely serious. It can also cause debilitating rashes, insomnia, and inflammation of the brain. It can take over your organs. It can take over your digestive system. Just imagine mold spores growing all over the inside of your body. And this is incredibly serious. So Dr. Lehman had me get my apartment tested for mold, which it did come back positive for various different types of mold. Thank goodness we've now moved. Um, But mold is everywhere, especially in old buildings, in so many of these big cities that we live in. I'm sure I had mold in my New York apartment. I'm sure I had it in my Florence, Italy apartment when I lived there when I was in college. And I'm extremely susceptible to it because my immune system has been weakened, just like so many of us who have chronic illnesses. And also because I tested positive for a genetic mutation called MTFHR, which 28% of people have. So it's not that rare. It's actually incredibly common. When you think about it, that's one quarter of all of us. MTFHR genetic mutation means that we are extra highly susceptible to mold and bug-borne illnesses and tick-borne illnesses and our immune systems are not cut out to handle mold. So as my doctor explained to me, someone with this gene could be around mold and then be sick in bed for an entire week. And someone who doesn't have this gene could be around the exact same mold, could put their nose right up to it and sniff it and be fine. So those of us who do have this gene, we should not be around mold or toxic buildings or anything that could possibly flare up our symptoms and our systems and make us more inflamed and more toxic. And there's a whole lot of other things that go along with having this genetic mutation, including we cannot have folic acid. So that's something that a lot of people take when they get pregnant. Um, I've learned for different reasons for the baby. It's in a lot of different things, anything that has um, binders in it. So like fortified foods, like nutritional yeast, which I was having so much of, um, lots of different cereals, 
things that I don't eat anyway, but tons of different cereals are fortified. So if you do have this gene, I urge you to research it. There's really great research. There's a book called Mold Warrior that was written by the person who I think founded the MTFHR gene and found that it was a thing. And it's this whole algorithm that they add up with all your genetic numbers to figure out whether you do have the gene or not. We'll put the link to Mold Warrior in the show notes. And we also, there's another really great book that you can read. It's called Headstrong by Dave Asprey, the founder of Bulletproof. I actually just picked it up like this is why the universe is so amazing. I was sitting at Erewhon the other night having dinner with Jonathan and they have this array of books out at their tonic bar. And I don't usually pick them up, usually because I already have the books at home because a lot of the people who write these books are in the wellness industry. Many of them are my friends. I have had all of Dave Asprey's books in my apartment for ages, especially because we have the same literary agency. So they send me all his books. But for some reason, I had never seen his book Headstrong. It must be pretty new. And something about my intuition just told me to pick it up and start flipping through it. I don't usually read books while I'm eating dinner, um, especially out to dinner with my boyfriend. Um, But something told me just, just... flip through it and see what it's about. So I opened to a page. It was all about mold. And I learned that Dave Asprey produced a documentary along with some other people called Moldy. And that's just like M-O-L-D-Y, Moldy, all about how much of an epidemic toxic mold is. And I also learned Uh, when I was flipping through the book, that he has the gene too. That's how I learned that 28% of us have it. So if you're interested in learning more, I would definitely say check out his book, check out Mold Warrior, and check out that documentary. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm very interested to watch it now that I know that it exists. And I have Sarah, my agent, sending me his book, so I can't wait to read it and learn so much more. And by this time, you can now imagine I was sobbing my eyes out. Not only did I learn all in the contents of like 45 minutes that I had all of this gut dysbiosis, a very aggressive parasite, mast cell activation syndrome, toxic mold poisoning, MTFHR gene. I now was so eager to learn about the Lyme results and my doctor had purposely saved those for last for lots of different reasons. One was because we had to deal and we still have to deal with all these other illnesses first before we can even really attack the Lyme head on. And also just because it's a huge overwhelming diagnosis and it often does go hand in hand with mold and parasites and a lot of these other things that I do have. So that was the final one. I'm totally sobbing. My doctor is telling me it's totally validated to feel this way. You must be in so much pain. I'm so sorry. We're going to get you better. We're going to get you healthy. And I'm looking at my mom like, holy shit, can you believe this? And every so often my mom and I had a second to talk for like 
60 seconds because Dr. Lehman had her assistants coming in and asking questions about some other patients who were there at the office. So I would just look at my mom and be like, mouthing to her, can you believe this? And she was just like, yes, I can because you've been so sick. And the whole thing was such a whirlwind. We were both so overwhelmed, not even really retaining the information yet because most of this was a complete foreign language to us now that it's been five weeks or six weeks to get used to it. I can list all these things off and they make a lot more sense to me. But at the time I was so confused, couldn't have possibly been more confused. At the same time, she was making this list of supplements and medications for me um, that was growing by the second. So there were like 20 different supplements on the list already and different things for me to buy, like a HEPA filter for the mold and start going to infrared sauna all the time, which I've been doing. Um, So many other things. My head was completely spinning and now was time to finally flip to the Lyme results. And I was so eager, so ready, so afraid for the Lyme results. And in one second, I'll tell you all about those. First, I'll tell you for just a second about our final sponsor of today's episode, another product that I absolutely love, use all the time, Sunbasket. Sunbasket, you've probably seen on Instagram because their meals are very Instagram worthy. Sunbasket delivers delicious meal kits right to your door, making healthy cooking easy and convenient for any busy lifestyle or any lifestyle at all. You can choose the different options. They have a bunch of different options like paleo, gluten-free, vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian, and more. You can imagine which one I get. Of course, lately I've been getting the vegan one. Jonathan absolutely loves it too. We love it because they use all organic produce and clean ingredients and they do get delivered straight to your door, which is the best. How does it possibly get any easier than that? There are 18 healthy options to choose from every single week. So there's never a lack of variety. It's always really fun. They're often switching up their recipes. They work with the best farms. So everything is really fresh, really organic. And if you do eat meat, everything's responsibly raised. And they also have responsibly raised seafood. So I can get behind that. Everything's pre-measured, easy to prep. So if you're not a cook, no big deal. To get your hands on Sunbasket with a great discount code, go to sunbasket.com blonde to learn more and get $35 off of your first order. That is sunbasket.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E for $35 off sunbasket.com slash blonde. Been saving my life since we moved and I can't get myself to like cook anything from scratch right now, Um, especially too, because I've been so sick. So now to tell you about the Lyme diagnosis, Dr. Lehman, finally flips to the Lyme portion of my diagnosis of my results. And at this point, so I have thought going into the office, like I want to have Lyme disease. I want to have an answer to all of my health issues that makes sense, that has a treatment plan, that has a path. That is what I want. But at this time now, now that I had been diagnosed with so many other things, I was thinking, please, please now don't have Lyme. 
I'm already so overwhelmed. It is so overwhelming to think about my body with all these toxins. I feel so bad for my body being through, going through all this. I don't know if I can handle another diagnosis. So she flips to the Lyme results and we see that I have Lyme disease. Not only do I have Lyme disease, I have eight different co-infections, including Babesia, which is kind of like a strain of malaria that people also get when they get bitten by a tick sometimes because the tick is often carrying more than just one disease. So there's Lyme disease. Babesia is like a cousin of Lyme. There's over a hundred different cousins of Lyme. Babesia, like I said, is like malaria. It causes insomnia, inflammation, tons of other issues, and then multiple other co-infections, including one that mimics Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And that's kind of like walking around with having a fever and a flu all the time, which is why I was just feeling so miserable, so unable to get out of bed, so nauseous. And then there's Lyme disease which does cause all the symptoms that I've had for many, 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 many years, including the brain fog, the nausea, the inflammation, the rashes, the insomnia, the chronic fatigue. Gosh, just so much of it. And Lyme disease manifests differently in in every single person. So everyone's experience of Lyme is different. Some people who have Lyme are in a wheelchair, unable to walk, Their joints are in so much pain and they've lost function in their muscles. I have experienced like tons of pain and losing a little bit of function in my hands and nerve pain, joint inflammation, things that I truly believe have set me on the path of life that I'm on, like not having a nine to five because I can't even sit at a desk. Like right now I'm sitting cross-legged on the floor doing this podcast because everything else just hurts my body so badly. So she saw that I had Lyme disease. Not only did I have Lyme and the co-infections, but I have chronic Lyme, meaning it's been in my body for more than a year. So I think that probably means that it's been more than a decade. That's just my estimation. And now that you guys know my health history, maybe you can agree. It seems like it's been more than a decade. It kind of accounts for a lot of the things that I was diagnosed for in the past, like ADD, ADHD, which we all know is so overdiagnosed in this country. It's insane. Oh, hi, Hudson. I'm so happy, you guys, that Hudson just came out here because he's been so scared in our new place. He's been cowering in the closet for the last two days. Hi, honey. You're such a good boy. Go check everything out. There's so much sunlight for you. (laughs) He's so cute. Uh, Anyone who has moved with a pet before knows, hi, baby, how disoriented they are. And it's been sad. It's been hard as as a cat mom to watch him, but I know he'll adapt. So yes, the Lyme diagnosis was incredibly overwhelming. And I've described this when I wrote about it on my blog that I was so happy for the answer. And I also didn't want the answer at all, all at the same time. I was like mad at myself for 
ever wanting to have Lyme. I was mad at so many different doctors for never even thinking to test me when I've been in all this pain for so long. But on a deep level, I was so grateful to have an answer. And I know that so many of you listening probably do suffer from a lot of chronic illness symptoms and you don't have an answer because that's how it is for so many of us. And I spent, well, 27 years, um, but especially the last decade of my life being sick with no answers. And it's the most frustrating thing in the whole world. So a part of me wanted to celebrate my diagnosis. Like, thank the Lord. This is everything I've ever wanted. I I have supplements. I have medication. I have treatments. I have a doctor who specializes in Lyme disease, which I have. Like I had to keep pinching myself. And Dr. Lehman was just so sure that that she could help me feel like a new person and cure me and heal me. And she's actually coming on this podcast soon. So get excited about that. She's such a wealth of knowledge. She's on the board of directors of the Lyme disease organization. She's a tick-borne disease specialist. We'll put her office link in the show notes in case you are listening and you are looking to maybe get tested if you live in Los Angeles and or if you can travel to Los Angeles and I will warn you, this stuff is expensive. And if you go to a doctor that's not in your network of providers, if you have health insurance, it's so expensive. And it really just depends on how much you're able to spend on your health. And for me, you can't put a price tag on your health. You have nothing if you don't have your health. So I'm comfortable spending money on these appointments and these treatments. And I'll get into all the treatments that I'm doing for Lyme, but I know that that's not an option for everybody out there and for a lot of people out there. And that completely breaks my heart. And it's just not right. It's not the way it should be. It's not okay that Lyme disease is just this epidemic And yet it's also a disease that so many doctors and so much of the medical community doesn't even recognize as a chronic illness. Much of the medical community will say that Lyme disease is something that you can take an antibiotic for and heal in three weeks and then it will be out of your system forever. And then your insurance will do nothing for you after that. That's kind of the common issue that a lot of people have with Lyme, where when you start to look into it, you'll see most people who suffer from Lyme disease either have it for life or they battle it for years before they get better, or they're fortunate enough to see really incredible doctors who use cutting edge state-of-the-art treatments, and they're able to heal in a matter of months or a matter of years, depending on how bad it is. So I'm not okay with the way that the system is right now. And I'm very eager to speak out about it and make a change and hopefully just raise awareness in a way that people will not have to suffer the way that they do and also spend their entire life savings on treatment. It's just not not okay. But all of this was so new to me. The day that I got diagnosed, I walked out of the office 
I called Jonathan. I listed off my diagnoses. I felt like I was talking about a different person, speaking a foreign language. I couldn't believe I was talking about my own health and my own journey. Uh, My mom called my dad. She told him everything. He was incredibly supportive. Um, He has just like said the kindest, nicest things to me in the whole entire world about what a warrior I am and a fighter and I will get through this and really just like recognized and acknowledged the pain that I've been in for so long. And having that from your own father is an amazing feeling, especially when you've been sick for pretty much your whole life. And my parents have always believed me because they've been there. They've seen it. They saw me as an infant projectile vomiting every single meal. Like you can't make that shit up, especially when you're a baby. So my dad has always believed me. So has my mom. They've always been my biggest health advocates, but it's also been really hard for them to understand. And I've also been labeled in my family and among people who know me as a very sensitive person who also exaggerates things and is a little dramatic and people in my life always make fun of me for over dramatizing everything like oh this is the worst day of my life or this is the best thing that's ever happened to me this is the sickest I've ever felt my rash is worse than it's ever been like those are things that I say all the time so I think my family at some point kind of just thought like this is just who Jordan is. Everything is ultra sensitive to her. And my dad and my mom would go through phases of saying things like, you just, you detox constantly. You jump from juice cleanses in Bali to water fasting to cupping and acupuncture and cryotherapy and infrared sauna and infrared yoga and Uh, colonics and massages and so many other things like how could you of all people need to detox and it is really validating to now know you know what's wrong and um, to have that validation from my parents my family my friends that I am not just this hypersensitive dramatic girl who is always going to suffer because because I'm always feeling sick. Like this is something that I can truly heal from. And it's something very real. And there are so many hundreds of thousands of people out there who share my story. Many of them, hopefully, you know, listening to this podcast so that you know that you're not alone. So since then, it's been about five or six weeks. Everything has been a complete blur in my life between being diagnosed, starting the treatment plan, being sicker than all hell because of the treatment. Um, because at first you just, you really start to feel worse before you feel better. It's that whole Herxheimer reaction. If you've ever heard about someone with a chronic illness, Herxing, that means that you're being treated. And so tons of bacteria and disease are being killed in your body. And while they're being killed, before they're detoxed out of your body, you feel sicker than you ever did to begin with. All your symptoms are heightened. 
the fatigue is debilitating, the nausea is debilitating. I think I've been herxing for this whole entire five or six weeks. I just have, basically I'm able to get out of bed like two days a week out of a seven day week, like five of those days are usually spent 100% in bed. I have had to back out of so many things this summer. Two of my best friends are getting married and I will be at their weddings. I would never miss those weddings. And I'm just the kind of person who would push myself no matter what to be there and do what I can. But I am um, not able to go to their bachelor and bachelorette parties. And that's, I mean, I know that that might sound a little trite, but it's heartbreaking because, I mean, one of these people is my best friend, Jordan. I'm in his wedding. We have been attached at the hip for years and his bachelor party is in Austin this coming weekend. And I just know I can't be there. I I can't be out and about. I can't be on a plane for multiple hours. I, I mean, I could push myself. I could go. I wouldn't even be able to go to dinner with everyone because I can't even stay up past like 9 p.m. Not to say I'm even sleeping well, but like I have to be in bed because my dizziness, my nausea, my pain, my brain fog is out of control. I don't trust myself to travel. Like I can barely drive myself from Los Angeles to Orange County, which I did on the 4th of July. And it was straight up dangerous because I didn't, I was disoriented. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how to pack a bag. I felt like I had had like a miniature stroke, which is common for the herxing symptoms of brain fog with Lyme disease and toxic mold poisoning. So my brain has been on fire. If you've ever read that book, Brain on Fire, you know, oh my gosh, like your brain when you have a neurological disorder can just start to what feels like kill you. And it's so scary. And on the 4th of July, when I was in Orange County, the fireworks, the sun, Everything kind of blended as the perfect storm to make me so sick that my body has never been in more pain. And here I go with my dramatic statements. But this time, I think I can definitely say that was like top five amounts of pain I've ever had. So debilitating. Every single muscle, every single bone, every single joint in my body was throbbing and on fire. And I had to drive home that night at like 11 p.m. It took two hours to get home from Laguna. And then I was up all night with raging insomnia. I left all my medication in Laguna because my brain fog was just so bad. I couldn't be, I just shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have pushed myself. I was there for not only the 4th of July, but a birthday of someone that I care about very much. And the whole thing was just it showed me that I cannot go to Austin for the bachelor party and I cannot go to Lake Tahoe the following weekend for my other very dear friend since kindergarten, uh, bachelorette. And I'm, I'm missing these important milestones in their lives, but also trips with so many of my close friends, 
we don't get to go on that many. People have lots of different schedules and their jobs. And, you know, it's sad to miss these things. But I also know that this is what I have to do right now. I can barely get out of bed and feed Hudson in the kitchen, let alone get on a plane and fly to Austin or to Northern California and be amongst a party basically all weekend. I wouldn't be a good attendee. I wouldn't feel like a good friend. I mean, I feel like the best thing to do is just to not be there right now. And I know that this isn't my life forever. And I've accepted a lot of what's going on right now as a gift, a gift to me from the universe to slow down, to put myself first, to put my health first, basically something that I've been needing and wanting to do for over a decade, put my health first, basically make wellness my full-time job until I get better. And the true people in your life, they'll always understand. They'll always support you. And if you're going through something similar right now, just know that that's true. That's the case. Like people who love you will always support you. They'll always remain friends with you. Even if you can't make it to their bachelorette party, even if you can't make it to their birthday, to their wedding, if it came to that, because you're so sick and so debilitated, those things don't have anything to do with who you are as a person or how much you care about people or how much you're able to give energetically and lovingly to your friends and family. This isn't your life forever. And I feel so passionate about that. And then having these illnesses and knowing what's been going on with me has shown me so much about the people in my life and who steps up and who is just unconditionally loving and understanding and who comes to doctor's appointments with you and cancels meetings on their work day to be with you to get ozone therapy and all these other things. I just feel so lucky to have a really core group of people in my life who will be there for me unconditionally in the good times and the bad. And it has also shown me that some people in my life don't step up and didn't step up and haven't stepped up. And I feel like these are good things to learn about people. And nothing has ever felt more true to me now. That statement of you are the most blessed if you can count your closest people in your life on five fingers on one hand. And it's so true. It's all about quality over quantity, having people in your life who will be there for you on your sickest days when you can't get out of bed, when you can't see them, when you can't return a phone call. But here they are coming to doctor's appointments with you, bringing you groceries, calling you, even though they know you're not going to be able to call them back. To have people like that in my life, I just feel like is the hugest positive and kind of realizing that some people who haven't stepped up not that I plan on cutting them out of my life. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not toxic people. They're great people. It just really shows you that having compassion for something that you've never been through is really hard. And I think it's shown me compassion on a whole new level. There are plenty of things I have never been through 
divorce, for example, or ha- ha- losing a, lo- a family member, um, different things like that, where I now I feel like have a different perspective on having compassion for these things, even though I've never experienced them because I know now how much it means to me that the people in my life can put everything aside, even if they've never experienced Lyme disease, for example, but they can still be 100% there for me. And that takes a really special, really compassionate person. So I'm grateful for this gift of even being able to see this humanness in a different way and hopefully coming out a much better, stronger, more compassionate, loving person for it um, in the end. So some of the holistic treatments that I'm doing are ozone therapy, specifically 10-pass ozone therapy, which I actually read an article about this morning. If you just Google 10-pass ozone therapy, or actually we'll put the link in the show notes to make it easy for you. You can read all about it and why getting 10 passes of ozone in your blood is so much more efficient and effective than getting just one pass of ozone. By the way, it's 2.01, 2.01 p.m. right now in LA. And many of you know, that's my lucky number, the number that always shows up in my life. So I guess talking about ozone is important and maybe will help at least one of you out there in your journey to feeling better with whatever you're going. So um, ozone, they basically hook you up to an ozone machine through an IV. They take out uh, a bunch of blood. When you read the article that we're linking in the show notes, you'll see how much blood. It's like 200 cc's or something like that. They put it into um, this little glass bottle and they put the ozone into it through an ozone machine. And Ozone has three levels of oxygen. So that third level of oxygen binds to toxins in your blood, gets rid of them, basically cleans your blood. So when my blood comes out, it is like black, like dark and thick, the blackest, darkest red that you could imagine. And then once it's spun around with the ozone and then put back into my body through the machine, it's bright red, which is healthy blood. So my doctor explained to me that sick people have this thick, dark blood and that's one telltale sign of infection and disease and toxicity in the blood, which is so scary that me, this seemingly healthy on the outside, 27-year-old girl has this like toxic, thick, dark blood. So what 10 passes of ozone means is that they do that process of spinning the blood around with the ozone and then putting it back in your body 10 different times. And 10 passes of ozone goes through 40% of the blood in your body. So doing that regularly cleans your blood and then those healthy cells multiply and kill tons of bacteria. So as you can imagine, you're kind of down for the count afterwards, just nauseous and sick and exhausted. I usually don't get out of bed for like three days after I do ozone, but it's a therapy that has helped me a ton. I also weekly do rectal ozone and nasal ozone. Rectal ozone is the same ozone from the ozone machine put into an enema bag. And then you insert the enema bag into your 
butt and you squeeze it in there just like you would with any enema or colonic and you hold that ozone in your colon for as long as you can. Like two minutes is basically all that I can ever do because it hurts so bad. And then it draws out tons of toxins, bacteria, parasites. It's pretty amazing. Really, really cleans the colon. And then I also do nasal ozone, which goes right up into your nostrils and cleans out if you have mold or inflammation in your brain. Really, really healthy. And healthy, perfectly healthy people do ozone as well. So it's something that many, many people do for performance enhancement and just to feel better. It's very anti-aging. It's this incredible treatment. I'll, I'll do some videos and put them on my Instagram story. I'm going tomorrow. So the day before you guys listen to this podcast episode. So you'll be able to find those videos on my Instagram story if you're interested to see what it looks like to get the 10 past ozone. I probably won't video rectal ozone for obvious reasons. And then I also get vitamin IVs every week. I get B12 Myers cocktail, which is like vitamin C and all this other anti-inflammatory vitamins and glutathione. And then I get a B12 shot. And those are a lot of the nutrients that I'm deficient in. So that makes my immune system stronger and makes it more able for me to fight off disease, makes me stronger and kind of helps me get out of bed in the morning. I get iron IV every week until my iron levels balance back out. I've been doing a ton of infrared sauna, which I so, so, so recommend beyond all else. And I was going to get an infrared sauna for our new apartment. It was like what I wanted more than anything in the whole entire world. But when we got here the other night and measured, we realized it wouldn't really fit in the way that we wanted it to. It would definitely fit in our apartment, but I have spent so many years wanting to live in a minimal, uncluttered, clean, open space. And I finally have that. And I just cannot, part of my brain cannot justify putting this massive infrared sauna in our bedroom. When I finally have a bedroom where I feel like I can breathe and it's open and it's not, it's not packed full of stuff. Um, So I don't know, maybe we'll get an infrared sauna in the future. But since I do live in LA, I have the very beautiful ability to go to infrared sauna places like Sweat Theory and Shape House, which I've been going to at least three times a week to sweat out the toxins in my body. And infrared penetrates the skin three times deeper than other types of saunas. So it really does draw out toxins and heavy metals and all sorts of other things. So if anybody is on their high horse and tells you, oh, your body just detoxifies itself. You don't need to do sauna. You don't need to do that kinds of stuff. The body works in magical ways and just does all the detox you could ever need on its own. That is not true for a sick person, especially with this genetic mutation that I have or anybody who has a lot of extra heavy metals and toxins to get out of their system, parasites, etc. And especially while you're herxing, so if you're doing other treatments like ozone and antibiotics and other things, then infrared is hugely important. We'll put a link in the show notes. I actually have 
a bit of a discount code for you guys if you wanted to get a sauna in your home. Uh, it's the company that I was going to get that I might still get in the future. So we'll put that there if you're interested because I mentioned it on social media and a lot of people wanted to know the company that I recommended. So it's Heal With Heat and that's healwithheat.com. You use the code blonde, but we'll put that in the show notes. Not sponsored, but they're really incredible people. And then other than infrared, I've also been doing acupuncture and cupping, which I see my practitioner, Dr. Kara at Aculand in Beverly Hills. Um, You can find her quite easily. She's been on this podcast. You can search her on the Soul on Fire podcast. She's fabulous. And that also draws out a ton of toxins, helps me sleep, helps balance my hormones and just makes me feel a lot more calm. I've been doing a lot of cryotherapy at Next Health, which is like the opposite of infrared where you get really, really cold and that's really anti-inflammatory for the body as well. Really helpful for the rashes that I've been dealing with. I did do three weeks of antibiotics for the moles and for parasites. And even though I'm very into holistic treatments, sometimes you have got to embrace Western medicine and Western doctors. And if there's anything I've learned from this whole experience, it would be that. That is so important. It's something I feel like so many of us practically shun because we just couldn't imagine um, going to this Western medical society that has wronged us in so many ways, but really there's so many beautiful things that medicine has to offer us. So I've been taking antibiotics. I take about 25 different supplements three times a day. I'm hesitant to tell you which ones because I really do think you should see a doctor or a Chinese medicine practitioner to get herbs and supplements for exactly what you're going through. But if you really, really, really relate to my story and everything I've said, just feel free to send me an email and I will one-on-one share my supplement regimen with you. Um, It might take me a little bit to get back to you because I haven't been checking my email that much because my brain fog has been out of control, but I'm happy to help. I really just want everybody to feel better. So those are most of the holistic treatments that I'm doing right now. I'm actually about to go to the doctor right now to my OBGYN to get my fibroid checked to see if it shrinks and goes down, um, has shrunken after my water fast. So cross your fingers for me. That's going to be really interesting. I'm actually going there. I have to leave right now. Um, Dr. Chang, he's incredible. So I hope that you enjoyed this solo episode talking all about my diagnosis, my health history. And I really just wanted to share my health history with you guys because I think so many of us who are suffering from chronic illness, we have really similar childhoods and um, adolescences and all of that. And I just wanted you to know that these symptoms in me, they go back a really long time. People in my life can tell you like since they've known me, I have suffered from so much of this. And so I'm over here thinking, what the heck? Is Lyme the root of everything or did I just develop it later? And I'm thinking about all this. I'm writing about it every day. I'm journaling, I'm meditating and I'm writing a book. So 
I've been so eager to write my next book for so long now. You guys know I love writing. After Breaking Vegan, it's been like four years, um, three and a half years since I've written a book. And this is without a doubt the story that I am so ready to tell my health journey, my Lyme journey. And I can't wait to share. And I know on social media, a lot of times it looks like rainbows and roses and my life is great. I'm so happy. And I just moved in with the love of my life. And we're going to Hawaii in several weeks. Like I know on social media, it sometimes looks like, oh, well, she has everything together. She must not be that sick or, you know, I would love to have her life or something like that. And I just want you guys to know that I am so grateful for my life. I love my life. And I know that everything could be so much worse, but it's also been the roughest summer of my life. I woke up in my apartment yesterday, my first morning in this apartment, um, and I sobbed like hysterically for an hour to Jonathan, just telling him like, this is supposed to be the most exciting time in our life. Like we just moved into our new place. We're so in love. Life should be wonderful. And I was telling him, your life, Jonathan, is so normal. And you get to go to work tomorrow and like live your life and work with your friends and do everything you love. And my life is not normal. I'm going to wake up and I might not be able to get out of bed. And I feel like shit. And moving was one of the hardest things on my body I could have ever done. But I also had no choice because we needed to get out of my moldy apartment. But I was hysterical and it took like a full hour to even get him to understand why I was so upset because at first he always feels like he's not doing well enough, quote unquote, at caring for me and understanding, which couldn't be further from the truth. He's so supportive and he does everything in his power to make me feel understood and taken care of. And soon I want to do an episode with him on what it's like to to be in a relationship with someone who is chronically ill. It's such a process in itself. Um, but I just want you to know that things are things are hard, but I am okay and I know I'll be okay and things will only get better. But this, like I said, has been the hardest time of my whole entire life. It's testing me. I am trying so hard not to fall into a deep, deep, deep dark hole of extreme depression because I do have my days and especially hours within certain days where things are dark and I feel like no one understands me and like none of my friends are ever going to love me again because I can't be there for anything and I'm the worst girlfriend, the worst cat mom. This is what I tell myself, all these stories in my head. I know they're not true, but it still is so hard, um, so hard, so hard to deal with. So if you're going through anything similar, you're not alone. And on that note, I will head off now to my appointment with my gynecologist. I'll let you guys know how the fibroid talk goes. And I have a feeling, a very strong feeling intuitively that I will find out that it's grown and I'll have to get it removed. And honestly, that will be the least of my concerns right now. So 
Thank you for listening to this. I really do hope that it gave you some insight and some background into my life. And maybe if you know someone with Lyme or if you have Lyme or chronic illness, then your history could be similar. Maybe it's totally different. Maybe if you know someone who has it, they have a similar history. And my goal with sharing it is to just make everybody feel a lot less alone. And we're all together in this process and coming together in community has been so helpful for me during this crazy time. So thank you for all being here and being a part of my community. We have our High Vibe Chronic Lyme and Chronic Illness Facebook group that I would love for you to join if you're interested in this kind of stuff. And if you would like some support and like the questions in there that are asked are amazing. And I've learned so much from everyone in there. Uh, We also have our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. So go there, meet friends, join the conversation. And lastly, we have our Four Sigmatic giveaway. So head over to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedwand.com subscribe also send me that screenshot and i will enter you into the giveaway we also have our incredible other sponsors for today's episode daily harvest and sun basket so be sure to check out the show notes for all of those goodies you have lots of discount codes for lots of stuff it's awesome so thank you for being here i hope everyone has an incredible and magical soul on fire day And I cannot wait to talk to everybody again next week.